From Hamilton Place Strategies in Washington, D.C., this is the HPS Insights Podcast. Good afternoon, HPS Insights listeners. We have a fun show for you all this week. Uh, I recorded this last week uh, with a couple of my colleagues who were, were literally just returning from Consensus 2022, one of the largest cryptocurrency conferences in the U.S., Um, The conference took place June 9th to June 12th, so we wanted to get their fresh takes and recorded this on June 15th, but I think you'll all enjoy the conversation about what it was like back at Consensus for the first time in a couple of years and the conversations taking place about the cryptocurrency industry. So um, give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it, and uh, here we go. Welcome to HPS Insights, a podcast from Hamilton Place Strategies, analyzing the current events impacting the business and political communities. I'm your host today, Brian DeAngelis, a partner here at HPS. And we have a bit of a a special edition for, I think, the first time in uh, at least a couple of years due to COVID. Um, A few of my colleagues, our staffers, uh, flew down to a a real-life in-person industry conference. This was Consensus 2022, which is kind of the marquee crypto conference down in Austin, Texas. And so I wanted to get them here in the podcast room and and talk a little bit about both that experience as we kind of get back to normal here, uh, as well as, you know, their take and thoughts on what they learned at the conference. So um, let me welcome two of my my colleagues, uh, Stephanie Dodge, a senior director here at the firm, and Nicole Beckman, one of our uh, associates who's been with us for a couple of years now. Um, Nicole, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Brian. It's nice to be on this side of the uh, of the podcast team. That's right. Uh, that, that's a fun fact I should mention. Nicole was one of our uh, OG podcast producers. And so, yeah, this is, a, this is a good 360 moment right back in it. Um, so let, let me just start. You guys were down uh, in Austin uh, for a few days. We had, we had a couple clients down there. Maybe start pretty easy. What, what was it like to be back in an in-person, real live event for a few days? So it was honestly more fun even than I was expecting it to be. Um, It was cool because it was concentrated in downtown Austin at the convention center. So it was inside of one big, massive building. But since it was downtown, you could kind of pop in and out and go to lunch, meet people at their hotels. And people people were hosting events all around downtown Austin. So when I got there, um, it kind of felt like this big an exciting party in downtown Austin. And, and it was great to be there. Yeah. And I'll say um, I've had these business cards sitting in my bag for a couple of years that I haven't really been able to use. Um, and uh, yeah, they served their, <laughs> they served their purpose. Um, they had yeah, a they use, work, right? Which was nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. They were great. <laughs> Good. Um, g- give us some perspective. So DC's sort of reopened a little bit. Um, a lot of folks are doing their their happy hours and events and even the White House Correspondents Dinner a few weeks ago was kind of risky as a, a super spreader uh, event. Uh, luckily, it didn't really turn into one, but that was like three, 4,000 people. What, what were we looking at at Consensus? 
So consensus um, this year was uh, 20,000 people. Um, and this is, you know, I think with, I, I know in 2018, it was about 8,000. So pretty, pretty big difference. That's a big jump. Yeah. Um, well, great. Tell us a little bit more about, about the conference. What was kind of the focus? What were you guys doing down there? Love to hear more. It, um, the way, so coming back from it, people have been like, so what was consensus like? And the way I've been describing it is like a bank conference, a hacker convention, and an EDM festival all in one thing. And it was, That's I mean, both. <laughs> it was both intellectually very interesting. I mean, the panels were fantastic. The people that they got to speak were, um, which I know we'll talk about a little bit more in a bit, were I mean, super high level talking about, you know, really interesting pressing issues, but then you would leave and you'd go to dinner and there would be a party next door where there'd be a DJ, a woman on stilts and, you know, pyrotechnics. So it was like this hilarious meeting of people from all different um, walks of life, but they share an interest in and a passion for crypto and decentralized finance. And that kind of brings them together. So it's a really fun foundation for a gathering. I'm curious, um, you both have been working with me and others on um, crypto clients, if you will, for, for a while now. Um, we do a lot of this here at the firm. There's been naturally right ups and downs, a lot of excitement around crypto. We are heading into a quote unquote crypto winter or in a crypto winter right now. Um, what was the, the vibe down there where folks excited about where the industry is heading or was it a little bit of a doom and gloom based on where some of these prices are? So I didn't feel, I'm curious Nicole's thoughts, I didn't feel much doom and gloom and I think that reflects where the industry is. I was very impressed with the level of sophistication of the conference, of the companies that were there, and people talking about the history of consensus and how many years they've been going to this conference. Um, and to them, I think that what's happening now in the industry is just part of the natural cycle of many industries. There are ups and there are downs, and, and this is a down, but it's not like this the, the sense wasn't that this is a brand new thing that is now going away, but more that this is a natural trend in an established industry, which was interesting to me because I'm I'm newer to crypto, and I think you can you can think that you know crypto is as new as you are to it. Whereas, like it was very interesting for me to see kind of the history of crypto and meet folks who have been in this space for a decade now. Yeah, I, I also think I agree with Stephanie. I, I don't think you know that the quote unquote crypto winter honestly had that much of an effect on the event and that's sort of from any sort of participant. So I think Steph mentioned um, some of the panelists talked about how the participation at the conference has changed over time. So first is sort of the growing size, but also the sort of people who are in attendance. So there was a big institutional presence um, Sure. I saw folks from PwC, JP Morgan, um, there are speakers from Apollo, MasterCard, PayPal, uh, obviously Fidelity. And this like, mirrors, of course, an increased institutional participation in the industry. Um, and there was a significant DC presence as well, which 
and we'll want to talk more about. Um, but I think it was interesting that even these folks, um, I, I would say the way that they approached the conference wasn't particularly affected um, by the current state of play. Uh, Nicole, let, let me actually pick up right there on on something you said. So obviously, um, the industry has has taken off, and at least in terms of uh, attention, but just overall in the last few years, and that's true for consensus too. I mean, obviously, they they haven't been able to gather during the COVID years, but from where they were in 2018 to where they are today much bigger conference first time down in Austin and attracting like we see here in DC every day, but, but attracting attention of kind of the major policymakers and regulators that are interested in this space. Um, I saw Lummis and Gillibrand and others on the list. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you saw down there in terms of DC focus um, at the conference. So I think, they were the folks that you expected to see there, the ones who've been outspoken um, uh, in support of the industry. So like Senator Gillibrand, Representative McHenry, CFTC Commissioner Don Stump. I think it was more surprising to see the people who maybe aren't the first that you think of, um, you think of DC policymakers and crypto. So one panel that we attended um, was Wally, Ad- Wally Adeyamo from, who's the, uh, Deputy Secretary of the Treasury, um, and he spoke with um, Nick D from CoinDesk. So he spoke about illicit finance, which obviously is his remit. Um, and he recognized crypto like has not been used as sort of a major avenue to evade our sanctions, which is a pretty big thing for, I think, um, a Deputy Secretary to recognize. Um, He did say Treasury was working on rules about unhosted wallets, um, but his tone was just very cooperative, sort of highlighting the desire for industry support. And I think in a way that seemed very genuine. Um, And I think it's different than if, you know, Treasury had sent Nellie Lang down there, who has been, I think, their most visible figure on crypto. And then my favorite panel was actually a Fed panel that we went to. So the title was Demystifying the Fed. And it was with David Mills, who's an associate director with the Board of Governors, um, Mark Gould, who's the chief payments executive, um, Gada Yijam, who's a Federal Reserve chief information officer, and um, Sunina Tuteja, who is the chief innovation officer. Um, and Sunaina was the one who was really sort of moderating the panel. Um, she, I think, has been a big figure in the crypto space. She's up there like, in cowboy boots, um, really trying okay. to get all of the regulators um, to sort of speak to the audience that was there. Um, so for one, David Mills mentioned that he was at Consensus in 2016, which was surprising. Um, but uh, I think unlike some of the other panels, they really felt like they were trying to speak to the audience. So Mark Gould talked about FedNow and the innovations in the payment system. Gata Ijam basically like asked for people almost to apply for jobs because they're looking for more technologists. Um, Interesting, yeah. Yeah, and Mark Gould, uh, sorry, David Mills obviously has been involved with the CBDC paper. Um, and one thing that really struck me was, you know, he said, we know we're going to receive comments from companies 
um, from big players, from trade associations, but we really want to hear from all of you. So I'd say unlike some of the other DC folks who it really felt like they were talking, you know, to journalists, talking to the industry, talking the way that would get sort of picked up. This panel felt very much like demystifying the Fed for the folks in the room. Um, yeah. And there's something really genuine about that. I'm curious um, if it worked in the sense of I, I can totally understand why why the Fed and other policymakers would want to go down a consensus and, and speak to that audience. Um, we here in Washington know the industry as a whole, but a lot of individual companies are strongly pushing for more regulation. Like they want the rules of the road and the guardrails for, you know, to, to help this industry really launch into kind of its next phase, if you will. Was the audience, you know, packing the ballroom to see the Fed? Were they were they excited to hear what's coming next or some of the other panels as well? Or was it a little bit trying to convince a, a skeptical audience on the Fed's role here? No, I actually, um, I was pleasantly surprised at how engaged I thought the audience was, particularly at a festival that markets itself as the festival for the decentralized world. To have a room full of people engaging with officials from the Fed, um, the room was full, people seemed engaged in what the folks from the Fed are saying. And I actually was very pleasantly surprised with that. I think it helps that the Fed has someone serving as what they call a chief innovation officer. And she was saying how she tries to be the bridge between the crypto community and, and similar communities and the Fed so that they can talk more openly to each other. And it's a two-way street versus the risk that you were talking about, Brian, of it just being one way, the Fed in DC trying to preach to crypto and it's just falling on deaf ears. So she was saying that that's exactly her role is to open this communication and have it be two ways. And she did a great job moderating the panel. She was super enthusiastic, engaging, and and the audience really seemed to, to be listening and, and be interested in what they had to say. That's great. Um, let me ask you, I'm, I'm curious on the media side of things. So, you know, likewise, the media has shown, the mainstream media, I should say, has shown a lot more interest in this industry over the past six to 12 months. Um, it's a it's a festival put on by one of the leading, I would say, trade publications of the crypto industry in CoinDesk. But you all were there with with one of our clients that we've had on the show before, Grayscale, doing a lot of media meetings and opportunities. Did you see a lot of folks from the non crypto publications kind of making their way around the conference? Yeah, absolutely. So it was. You definitely had, you know, your crypto trade pubs. They were all there. I mean, it was hilarious. It was like a group of New Yorkers down in Austin. Um, but then you had everybody. I mean, you had someone from the FT that came from London. You had folks from Bloomberg, um, you know, Axios, of course. So it really was a media list that you would expect to find in D.C. or New York or San Francisco or London that had come to Austin for this for consensus specifically and was engaging in all levels of the conference. And with I mean, really, what was amazing about it, it's a gathering of the most sophisticated people in this space. And they're really interesting people. They come from different backgrounds. Some are traditional finance backgrounds, some are coders, some, you know, you had 
Edward Snowden appearing virtually from Russia at one point. So, and to yeah. applause. So, I mean, you have, and then you have folks who have a background in traditional finance, like Bank of America and other places who are CEOs of these now um, digital asset companies. So it's a fascinating gathering of really smart people who are really passionate about this. And I think that made for a great media landscape. Um, and we saw, you know, we saw people doing media interviews everywhere. They, it, little setups where folks were doing on-camera interviews, one-on-one, um, -on, -one on the record chats with media. So it, it was it was great, a, a great event, I think, from a media perspective. That's awesome. Um, well, you two know this, but uh, part of the reason I, I asked you on the show today was to help alleviate some of my uh, FOMO for, for not making it myself. Uh, I can't say it worked. I, I'm feeling more jealous, but um, maybe I'll r wrap it up. I'll give you guys a chance to rub it in. What, what was kind of your favorite or coolest thing you saw down there that, that I missed out on? I think my favorite was, um, and Nicole, you'll have to tell me what the, what the room was called, but it was just the central room where there were all the different stands from all the different companies. And just seeing the huge number and the huge variety of companies and getting to meet representatives from each of them and having them tell us what the companies did, how they, what role they played in the crypto industry and where they saw their company going. I mean, there was just so much, there was so much optimism and forward looking, which was so fun. I mean, it's, it's a young industry with a lot of promise and that energy was just palpable throughout the conference. And I think that was my favorite. Yeah, I, I think similar to Stephanie, you know, this is my first um, professional conference. Uh, due to the pandemic. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think there was a willingness to engage sort of no matter what professional level you are. Um, I think because it's such a young industry, uh, people were just sort of, you know, willing to talk to like any folks that came by. Um, I imagine that potentially at a more traditional conference, you know, C-suite or um, other execs might not interact with somebody more junior, but I think a consensus, uh, the energy was very welcoming um, and it was really, really easy to, to talk to anyone. One last comment that I'll make, um, is this is just for me personally. Uh, so as a former litigator, we were lucky enough to be there with Grayscale um, and their new legal counsel, Don Grilly, and getting to just chat with um with john Verilli and get his thoughts on crypto and where he sees the space going and just you know watching just those conversations were, were amazing i mean a personal highlight of mine i think probably for my career and that was wonderful that's that is that is wonderful and uh kind of a testament to, to the draw of consensus that to have everything we've talked about um kind of brought there under under one roof so to speak so um, well, you guys, you guys have succeeded in making me feel, uh, like I really missed out. So maybe next year, but I want to thank both of you for, for coming on. Uh, I think this is one more giant step towards a return to normal, uh, post COVID world and hopefully many more of these to come, but, um, really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing what you saw down on the ground in Austin. Thanks so much for having us, Brian. Thanks, Brian. And uh, as always, thanks to our, our listeners for tuning in to another episode of HPS Insights. You can find out more about 
Hamilton Place Strategies work and our podcasts at hamiltonplacestrategies.com or by following us on Twitter at HPS Insight. I'm your host, Brian DeAngelis, and as always, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the HPS Insights Podcast, produced by Hamilton Place Strategies. For the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at HPS Insights and follow us on the web at hamiltonplacestrategies.com.